Good afternoon, planet Earth. The winds are blowing. Can you hear the wind? It's blowing. It's always been going. Yes, indeed, it is Saturday, September the 16th, 2023, in the age of Boblimpdok. It's about 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here in the park. The wind is blowing. It's always going. The power's growing. Can you feel it? Can you feel the tremor? Can you feel the touch? Can you feel the energy of the age, brothers and sisters? Because if you can't feel it, you must be deaf. And there are many forms of being deaf. You can be deaf to sound, the roaring of the waves, the the howl of the wind. But you can also be deaf or blind or unable to see reality for what it is. You're deaf and you're blind. You can't see, you can't touch, you can't feel. You can't see reality for what it is. You have a fantasy that rolls like a movie inside of your head. That's right, you have a fantasy that rolls like a movie inside of your head. But anywho, it is Saturday and it is September the 16th, 2023, and it is, like I said, right around 5 p.m. here in the park. The good old park, you know. Here in the park, we wait for the end. Here in the park, our wounds never mend. Here in the park, We find the end of the road. Here in the park, we eat a stew of toad. Yeah, the wind is blowing. So I have a movie idea for a kind of rom-com about the, you know, X generation, the younger kids, the 20-somethings. It's set in Seattle, so shocking. The name of the movie is also and whatever. The girl is nicknamed also. The dude is nicknamed whatever. Because they always say, you know, also and whatever. Yes, these two young 20-somethings are flipping houses. They're going to Home Depot to clean things up, curb appeal. They're going to plant a rose bush. They're going to paint a wall. They're going to fill in a hole with rip-rap and pain.
Yes, indeed. The movie also and whatever. PG-13, because you get to see boobies. Yes, the film also and whatever about two young people, a boy named Tad and a girl named Karen. And Tad and Karen, they flip houses. Tad and Karen, they curse the homeless. Tad and Karen are serial killers that pick up hobos and dump them in the Duwamish. It's a rom-com fit for Seattle. Yes, indeed, it's a rom-com made for you, Seattle or Copenhagen. A, a story of two young house flippers that hate homeless people so much, they pick them up in their Ford 1980 Econoline van painted black with the side door welded shut and no windows in the back and no whore handles to use anyways, right? There's a metal grate. Yes, Tad and Karen drive about listening to contemporary music about how much, you know, whatever sucks and also... And they find a hobo. The hobo is named Steve. It's time for him to leave. It turns out, though, that this old hobo is really Karen's grandpa. And it gets worse. Because Tad's grandpa is also the homeless dude. This is worrisome. There kissing cousins yes indeed incest murder house flipping <laughs> funny how all that's related and you know killing homeless people because that's going to be the Seattle tale very very soon as the anger boils over and people kind of get too obsessed with the stuff, like a sodomite, and ignore the, the pain and the suffering of their neighbors, like a sodomite. Yeah. Now I'd like to pause here for a second and say something. Um, I come from a big family, and big families almost never get along. But probably since 2020 especially, and I don't know, maybe before that, we've had our issues as brothers and sisters. You know, I have six sisters, one's in heaven. I have a brother who I love, who's, you know, only about 45 feet away, fighting off the dragons, bringing the wind. But um, I come from a big family. Families have conflicts. I've talked about this before. But, but we kind of have to also remember that it's a family, and it's not perfect, and sometimes everybody feels like Joseph, sometimes everybody feels like they get tossed down the well, and it happens. And sometimes those grievances go away, and sometimes they don't. But I want you to understand something. That doesn't mean I don't love my family. I do. I mean, I don't think many of my family members, except for one or two, listen to this podcast. And I, I get it. 
This is not a podcast for people that expect to vote in 2024 and fix everything. I don't care. Well, I'm going to vote for Trump. I'm going to vote for RFK Jr. Hoo, 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 JFK Part 2. I'm going to vote for, yeah, Tulsi Gabbard, the gamut, who knows. It, assuming there is an election, assuming that, and I can't believe I just said that because I used to mock people who would say there's not going to be an election. And yeah, assuming there's going to be an election in 2024, uh, it's not going to change shit. But that's the problem. You can't explain that to people. They really do get troubled and they get sad. And maybe, the tr- maybe that's the key. Maybe that delusional state is something that they're justified in having. If, if, we, if we pretend to be atheists for a moment and think in terms of science, you know, I've heard near-death experiences explained by some scientists in terms of the body's way to help you die. Dan, that's not true. I was dead for 25 minutes. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, the thing about death is we don't understand life so well to know what death is. But maybe this delusional state is a lot like what scientists talk about when someone dies or right when they die. The brain gets flooded with chemicals and drugs. Their consciousness gets into this higher state so they can feel at peace and love and head towards the light. Carrie Ann, go towards the light. Go towards the light. There's a maggot. There's a bacteria. You are now food. Food for the gods. Yeah. I'm a Christian, so I don't really see it in those terms. But when I think about the delusional state that many people are in right now, I kind of get it. Um, And nobody wants to hear me. I'm the guy who goes to the Christmas party, and the table magician comes by, and he's doing his really cool magic tricks and flirting with the women and smiling. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. I'm the guy that looks at the hands. I don't look at the face. I don't look at the smile. I don't look at the fucking rose. If there's a sexy girl next to him, I'm into that. But I look at the hands. Yeah. I look at the hands. That's not a fun person to have around. Because even if they're right, they're still wrong. Even if they're correct, they're still in error. At the end of the day, if you want to be an atheist about this... You can play pretend. You know, there's a film called Melancholia. And I've recommended it, not because... I don't know how to put this. It's not a popcorn movie. It's not a movie for children. But if you're an adult with an intact psyche and you want to confront one of the darkest questions possible in a film, Lars von Trier created a masterpiece in Melancholia. Plus, you get to see Kirsten Dunst mostly naked... And that's, that's, way, that's worth paying for by itself. You know? Yeah, melancholia deals with this question of death, both in terms of personal death, but also in terms of what if everything goes? What if it is the end of the world? I don't think it is. 
I think some rough times are ahead and it's a question of how rough. A lot of people don't get it. Between utopia and the end of the world, or I should say between paradise and the end of the world, there are many fucking levels, brothers and sisters. As I've, as I've recommended in the past, read up on the 14th century crisis. Understand there have been times in not-so-ancient history where the human race felt, at least part of it, felt as if the world was coming to an end. But it doesn't mean it is. So yeah, not a fun person. Not a fun person at a party. Not a fun person at Thanksgiving these days. Not a fun person at Christmas. I get it. It's not confusing to me. One of the reasons why I miss Utah is that I was accepted for who I am. And that's like a rare thing these days for people like me, you know, to be accepted. I, I'm, I'm contrarian in a way that is almost dysfunctional because the way things currently function makes me want to fucking vomit. That doesn't mean I'm giving up, but yeah, there we are. But that also doesn't mean I don't love my family, getting back to the main topic. So... I have a sister who shall be private, who is married to a brother-in-law, who, who also will have the name withheld, obviously. Um, they're going through some stuff. Uh, my brother-in-law had an injury. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if you're a Christian out there, is to say a prayer for my sister's family, for her, and for my brother-in-law. You don't need to know their name. You don't need to know where they live. Just know that they're going through stuff. And they're strong people. They're good people. I've heard good news about the brother-in-law, so it does look like things are heading in a positive direction. But if you're a Christian and you believe in the power of prayer, please pray for them. Because, yeah, I can be a really crappy brother, but that doesn't mean I don't care about my family. Um, next topic... They held a trial in the park last night. It was a secret trial among the squirrels, among the deer, among the camp host. The park ranger was there. All agreed parties. They held a trial in the park last night in the woods. The trial was against myself and my traveling companion. We were held responsible for great crimes against the normalcy of the park. We were tried. We were found guilty. We shall be sentenced to the depths of the sea.
Yes, there's a, a bay not far from Port Angeles. They, some people call it Dead Man's Bay. Some people call it Blood Bay. Some people call it eBay. But there's a bay with a very deep spot where the orca whale awaits our death. The orcas congregate there to be fed those people found guilty of not, you know, belonging in the park. You shouldn't be in the park. Get out of the park. You're not, you're not right in the head. Get out of here, buddy. Yeah, so, anywho, I'm not serious. Next topic. So, I had somebody recently expose me to his ideas. And I won't say who, it's just a random person. Um, a person I met on my travels. And it occurred to me from talking to this person that they were deathly afraid to die. Really. Very, very afraid to die. And, and my friends out there, should you have some rational fear of death? Of course. Even if you're a Christian, even if you say to yourself, Lord, take me, take me away like Calgon. You should have a rational fear of death. You know, death means no more on planet Earth where there are people you love and things you probably love to do, even these days, as messed up as shit is, there's stuff that probably makes you happy. So it makes sense to have a rational fear of death. But the problem is, with this person, and with a lot of people I've met in the last decade or so, there's this irrational fear of death, a kind of fear of death that leads people to an almost, I don't know how to put it, it, it it's... I don't want to call it, it's not Munchausen's, um, it's not hypochondria, it's a kind of desire to buy into. It's almost like a, a new disorder, a new medical diagnosis for which there'll probably be a drug in the next 15 minutes, but it's as if people are suffering from a disorder that makes them compulsively go to the hospital and the doctor to complain about every pain and every mark and every smudge and every little squibble. And, and believe me, sometimes these are serious and people say, well, over 50, Dan, you should get a physical every year. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. I also didn't get a colonoscopy or as I call it, an anal probe. I don't care what's growing down there. It's something eldritch and ugly. It will probably kill me, but not before the great white. Not before the orca. Not before the wookie. Not before the Loch Ness. But somewhere in line, after so many other motherfuckers, yeah, the thing growing in my butthole could kill me. Oh my god, Dan. I also believe, as you well know, and I kind of like the ambiance of the wind right now, I also believe that we are heading into some very difficult times. Not the end of the world, probably, but difficult enough that many people will feel like it is. And the fact is that, you know, throughout history, people die. And sometimes 
certain periods of history, a whole bunch of people die. It's not a good thought. It's not a happy thought. You don't invite that person for Thanksgiving, but at the same time, it's basically the truth. Um, The depths of the 14th century crisis was the Black Plague. Some people estimate, prior to COVID, prior to the lying, some people estimate nearly half the population of Europe was wiped out. And that happened in about 10 years. Five to 10 years. It took about five to 10 years to wipe out half the population of Europe, roughly. But 100 years later, in Europe, you were at the beginning of something called the Renaissance. You were beginning the period that we call modernity. For the most part, the modern period, in a sense, starts with the Renaissance. Now, If you say to me, well, Dan, you know, um, well, you know, what does that mean? Well, it means that even if things were to get really fucking shitty, it doesn't imply the future is gone. It just means that you're living in crappy times. Now, let's get real for a second. I'm over the age of 50. In my humble opinion, uh, how can I put this? Life life expectations in terms of how long you're going to live, you know, uh, that sort of thing your expectation of of when you'll die based upon the last 50 years, 60 years of the, you know, the post-World War II boomer perspective, um, it's going to go backwards. It's not going to be 73 or 74 years old. Um, It'll be more like 50 pretty soon. And And that also would not be the end of the world. Okay, I know you said, but Dan, my parents are 70. Yeah, I know. And if no one told you this by the age of 12, everybody you love and care about will die one day. You should have learned this by 12, but these days, the X-Gen and the Millennials, they get coddled to the point that they're led to believe by people like Ray Kurzweil that maybe nobody ever has to die again. That's a bit of a fantasy, but it's a fantasy people buy into, right? think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be tough. If we're really lucky, we're simply looking at the dollar collapse. And I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's the best case scenario any longer that's likely. Um, I tossed that one out a year ago because the nonsense isn't stopping. But if we're really lucky, we're looking at total economic, you know, total economic collapse and life expectancies um, for people will go down and life will get, be very hard in most cities. Maybe every city will we'll enter a period of chaos for at least a few years. And I'm fairly certain the United States government will collapse. And that means that if you depend upon a social security check, if you depend upon any type of payout, that's going to go away. Uh, the corporations as they currently exist are very crony, very neo-Stalinist, so they too will start to fail. That means the pharmacies won't have any drugs. Are you following me here? And when you talk about this, you're talking about cascading failure in a complex society. 
So it is unpredictable, discontinuous, and nonlinear. When it begins, and it could begin with a boiling water reactor on the East Coast cooking off for any number of reasons. Incompetence, machinery, all of the above. And then they find out they can't stop it from melting down. And then people panic and they panic and they move around and they slow logistics down because there's a generator, a backup generator heading to another boiling water reactor and it gets blocked on the road because of the panic and the problem is there's a hurricane coming and they can no longer power the, the pumps that cycle water through the reactor even if it's scrammed, okay? Even if all the control rods are inserted, you have to keep the reactor cool. And that backup generator that's stuck in a panic, that's stuck behind traffic because another part of the system started failing, well, guess what? It doesn't get to its destination. And now another boiling water reactor cooks off. Yeah, now another BWR cooks off. Um, and that's an oversimplification. It's far worse than what I'm saying. As things start to fail, they're going to increase the likelihood of other failures. It's simply how complexity works. And it's really great on the way up because you have all the fancy shit you had. You had your, you know, Boston Market and your Netflix. You had your delivery food. You had your iPhone. On the way up, all this complexity looks really cool and fancy, and it's shiny, and it's bright. But on the way down, these are anchors. These are rocks in your, in your pockets. These are things that will weigh you down and pull you under the waves. And so if you ask me, knowing what I think is coming, knowing how violent it's going to be, knowing how many terrible atrocities you will likely see if you stay alive and not, are not yourself a victim of an atrocity. How excited am I to see it, to, to witness it, to have a vision of it? I mean, if I look at this purely in secular terms and I ignore my faith, I can say, I don't want to see it. I won't live long enough to see the other side of it. If you're so scared of dying that you want to see atrocities, then there's something wrong with you. I don't want to see the atrocities. I will live my days. I will not give up. But if you're asking me, am I going to cling to existence in a world where rape and thievery and beatings and famine and all the ugliness of cannibalism and whatnot becomes a part of daily life? And the answer is no, I'm okay if one of the cannibals hits me over the head. And again, you know, I'm a Christian, so I could say, well, maybe what we're, what we're looking at is the beginning of the end times. And that's possible. But I'm not a prophet, and I don't know. And the Lord said a couple things. He said, always be prepared, A, and B, I will come like a thief in the night, which means you won't know. Yes, there'll be signs of the times, and you need to be on the watch for the signs of the times, as Jesus would say. But remember, you will not know when I return. So who knows what we're looking at? But if you're asking me, am I going to cling 
with bare knuckles to a diseased world of mostly diseased people who seemed to think Sodom was all about sex when in reality it was about greedy, nasty people turning on their neighbors. Um, yeah, I can avoid that. I'm okay to not be around that. I want to live. I will fight. I will not give up. But if you're asking me, do I envision a tragedy in such a case of not seeing the other side of something, that best case scenario will probably be a socioeconomic tragedy that lasts 50 years, and that's if you're lucky? Yeah, I won't live that long anyways, crapheads. But Ray Kurzweil said, yeah, Ray's going to end up in somebody's stool too. What are we having for dinner tonight, honey? Well, it says his name is Ray. Ray Kurzweil. Isn't he the one that will live forever? Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray, for this wonderful stew. We love you, Ray. We'll remember you. You're tangy. You're spicy. You're a little gamey. Yeah, I can miss all of that. Do I think we're looking at a future of spaceships to Mars and artificially intelligent robots stealing the missile codes and a reset where they're going to feed you protein cubes? If you want to believe any of that YouTube nonsense, I don't really care. You have your own problems wherever you are if you need to believe lies and liars. Because I know it would be way more satisfying for everybody involved, especially if you listen to this podcast, to have me lie. This doesn't mean I'm always right. As I said, based upon my 2019 predictions, I give myself a B or a B plus. But that sure as shit isn't an A. I can be wrong, but I'm not lying to you. But maybe I should. Maybe I should tell you to invest in Bitcoin or Ethereum. Or maybe you should have your own token or EFT and you'll become a trillionaire... Maybe I should tell you about a new real estate scheme called the cash flow underflow double system. Maybe I should be a guru or a cult leader and tell you I have magical crystals in my butt. Or maybe it's better at this point in human history for people to look each other in the eyes and to tell the fucking truth. I was at Costco and I saw a dude he bought a large TV he bought a giant speaker the TV was like 60 inches 
the speaker was 150 watts. And it made me think about that thing, that idea, that if you have a car, a car with mechanical issues, that you have a couple options. Option A is fix the car. But option B is change the tape. Just put in some Metallica. Maybe put in some Norwegian death metal. That'll cover up whatever noise we're hearing. And that's what I was thinking about when I saw the dude with the TV, with the big screen, high, high sense, 3D vision, super pixel, flat screen, whatever, LCD, HD, blah, 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 ultra HD TV, and this giant 150 watt speaker with flashing lights. I thought about the cassette tape. And the dude had a frantic look on his face, like the look you'd have if you were loading up during the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, with water and food and other things for your bunker. He had that same kind of look, not, not quite panic, but very deep concern. And when I think about that dude and his high-definition TV, when I think about that dude, I think about the cassette tape. You know, just change the cassette tape if you can't stop the screaming, buy yourself a big TV. That's right, if you can't stand the screaming in the streets as the Florganite gang takes on the Grimulax, just get yourself a big screen TV. Just get yourself a 150 watt speaker. If you don't like to hear what's going on in the abattoir where all the homeless people go to be processed, you know, You hear the screams, and then there's the taco meat. Free Taco Tuesday. Don't ask too many questions. Oops, is that a tattoo? Yes, that's a tattoo. A tattoo on my steak. I'm going to buy... A big screen TV. Hey, is that a cop beating up an old woman because she needed food because she was starving to death? Hey, is that a fireman taking books out of the library and setting them on fire like Ray Bradbury? Just change the tape, right? Also, when I was at Costco, there was a box, and the box was labeled a certain way, but the problem was there was a box in front of it, and it looked a little different the way I looked at it. It said, Kirkland Baby Wines, and I thought, now they have tiny little bottles of wine for little babies out there in, you know, Bellevue 
and Mercer Island and Bainbridge Island. You're out there and you're drinking your wine because you can't make sense of things. You got a newborn baby. You're drinking so much wine. Your boobies are filled with wine. So why not buy baby wines at, you know, from Costco? Kirkland baby wines. Little, you know, Chardonnays. Cabernet Sauvignon Blanc. Fucking Merlot. Drinking little Merlot. That little baby is learning real quick. Yes, indeed. Kirkland Baby Wines. Coming to a Costco near you very soon. So, because of the wind, a lot of the Douglas fir needles are falling. And I was talking to my talking with my brother, and we both agreed we're we're Douglas fir needle rich. Like somehow, if we could cash in on the value of these needles, they're falling on my tent. If you can hear it, if we could cash in. We would be needle rich, rich as needles, and that sounds weird, because it could be about needle exchanges, it could be about alleyways, it could be about that last little kick. So we were looking at we were we were actually looking at homes because I'm currently um, interviewing for a job. It, it it happened rapidly. I just got back to Washington State a few days ago. It's not a huge job. It could end up leading to teaching, and I could see myself teaching kids computer programming and software engineering because why the fuck not? At this point in human history, at this point in my life, I'm tired of working for places like Microsoft. I'm tired of being abused. I'm. It doesn't matter that the money's great if you end up having a frickin' coronary. So I'm thinking about going into teaching, and I, I may be starting a job real soon. And so my brother and I were thinking, maybe we should buy a house and get on, get on that train. And believe me, brothers and sisters, I will delude myself with the best of them. And so, yeah, uh, we looked at some homes. There was this closet essentially a closet or a large garage surrounded by vehicles on blocks under foreclosure that was advertised at 65k on a bad street basically off an alley now what i will say is the realtor said well not really though because someone's going to swoop in and keep it off the market or some type of government you know whatever hullabaloo it sounded like nonsense and then we saw the second place that you'll notice that the floors slant well keep in mind port angeles and squim and places like this are essentially built on sand and there's something i think in the bible but many contractors and architects understand you don't build on sand you, you just don't build on sand ever and so this first place the the foundation was clearly subsiding, was, was collapsing. 
it was angling off and um they wanted almost 300k and it was nothing special the second place we looked at didn't even have a concrete foundation it was on pilings essentially and they wanted pretty close to 300k and the price had come down he said you know the price has come down it's like well okay but come down from what bizarre reason from where and for all you out there say well dan my retirement's in my home i have a million dollar home you have a home that has value until you can no longer get one of three things security water or food and let's assume clean air is implied okay if you miss any of those three things the value of your home is zero you don't know it yet i'm real sorry the banks won't tell you the national association of realtors won't tell you but if you don't have access to food water or security one of those things and ideally you should have them all basically that's the point but if you miss one of them it doesn't matter if you have the other two your house is worthless okay people think they have million dollar homes who will find out very soon that a no one's going to give them the money b even if they did there's nothing they could buy with it and c they're probably going to starve to death just sitting there in their home waiting for somebody to give them a million bucks if you can get a million bucks for your home today and you can get yourself a piece of property someplace where the population density is how can i put this significantly lower then sure you've just you've just done your trick you've made off with your investment but if you're holding out because you think Jerome Powell is going to is going to stop raising rates let me put it this way if Jerome Powell stops raising rates um the tiger looks back at him the tiger chases him down the bear and the tiger tear him to pieces he's going to keep the rates up until he catches his helicopter that's what you need to know and if he does lower rates if quantitative easing did begin again yeah how would you like to pay 12 bucks for a gallon of gas how would you like that crappy little shed like place surrounded by vehicles on blocks to be 650k how would you like it if there was no food that you can't buy it because people have gone through the multiple phases of hyperinflation faster than normal and 3 weeks later it doesn't matter that your home's worth a million bucks there isn't a loaf of bread to buy because if you think this crack up boom is going to last 3 or 4 years you are crazy it might last 3 or 4 months if he starts you know quantitative easing again pal knows this pal knows that there's no way out he knows he can't really subdue subdue inflation the way volker did that's why he's chasing it he's chasing the tiger but he's not subduing it and he also knows that if he stops what he's doing the bear is going to kill him and that's deflation and collapse he has to kind of walk a fine line there is no easy way through this and i'm not saying you should feel sympathy for him he's a he's a craphead he's part of the elite i kind of hope he doesn't make it to his helicopter but i also don't think that he's that far away from a helicopter or an armed guard or a posse at any given time so if you think your home's worth a million bucks today and you can sell it for a million bucks today i think you should and i think you should move literally move to the country if you're going to wait for 2 or 3 years or or maybe for retirement 
then yeah, good luck. Really good luck. Hope the aliens show up. Hope they give you hyper technology. Hope that somehow magically all of these consequences disappear. Or we find a giant object in the universe shaped like a rug that we can sweep them under. A lot of hopeful, wishful bullshit. And I don't care if you say, well, Dan, I work in the housing. You do. Humans need food, water, shelter. It is the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. You would not financialize food. You shouldn't, although that might be coming. Huh, food loans. You shouldn't financialize water, although, huh, that might be coming. Water credit cards. And you should also not financialize shelter. And you shouldn't do so at the point of a gun, such that people can't get out of that crooked system. That is the neo-Stalinist house-flipping hellhole you live in. Okay? You have financialized one of the things people need to survive. And then you are shocked that there are homeless people. There are consequences coming, brothers and sisters. They are not pretty. Not pretty at all. And it would take a great stroke of luck and some amazing discovery with technology and it's not chat GPT in order to change this. Now before we close out today I would like to read something. This is Psalm 54 from the Bible, the Old Testament, Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God, Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good, for he has delivered me from all my troubles. All my eyes, excuse me, from all my troubles and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. This is the word of the Lord, Psalm 54. I read that for those of you out there, Christian or not, so that you can keep the perspective of defiance. And to keep the spirit of someone who might be embattled and stressed out, but ready to go and not afraid, not afraid of dying. And just as important, brothers and sisters, listen to what I'm about to say. I'm going to drink a little water here. Is that okay? You need, I need to be someone. You need to be someone. Not afraid to die but also not afraid to live. You know, we have to be that way. We should be that way. There are no guarantees. There never were. I don't care how many coffee filters you wear. I don't care how many survival books you read. If you want to understand the way, in my view, it's really quite simple. Don't be afraid of death and don't be afraid of life. Treat them with respect and get on going. My life is what it is. It could be a mess from your perspective. The good news is the Lord judges, not you. 
you might think I'm some type of nice person or bad person. As much as you might know about me through this podcast, you don't know everything. But you can know yourself, or at least try to, just as I can do the same. We can understand and learn about ourselves, learn our strengths, understand our weaknesses, and not give up. Accept ourselves, warts and all. We got them, warts and all, carbuncles and all, barnacles everywhere. We have them. Accept them. Accept them. Don't, you know, that's what I would say. Psalm 54 is about the Lord protecting us, but it's also about our willingness to shake our fist at the world and say, Lord, protect us. We are righteous. We are good. We are capable. We are worthwhile. And none of us is garbage, really. It's probably around 6 p.m., 5.30, I don't know, sometime in the park. And it is still Saturday, September the 16th, 2023. There's a PayPal link if you want to donate to this podcast. Before you do, listen to the disclaimer. Firstly, before you donate to anybody's podcast, make sure that you take care of your food, your water, your shelter. If you haven't taken care of these things, you really don't have the resources to donate, do you? Before you donate, if you set aside a little extra food, I think 6 to 12 months is a lot of optimism, but if you set aside some extra food for your family, don't forget your pet. Don't forget your cat or dog, but, you know, especially your dog, because that dog will probably protect you in ways that you do not yet understand. So if you're setting aside food for your family, set aside food for your pet, and do that before you pay or donate to some random scraghead on the World Wide Web. And remember, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, life's crazy. Life is probably going to get, in my opinion, way crazier. What has been a lot of psyop bullshit since 2020, in my opinion, is about to become brutally real. And the government's not going to warn you. They're not going to send you an email. They do not care if you drown. And frankly, most of the people that work ordinary jobs for the government don't even know what's coming. The people that really know, in my opinion, they've already gone to ground. Most of them did it in 2019. The five-year window is about to close. And what comes up next is going to be the main thing, the real thing. And I don't know what it is, and neither do you. But I don't think it's a surprise party. But it's also not going to be the end of the world, I don't think. But since it's not the end of the world, and since we, we still have some normalcy, you can still do some things. My brother and I went to this really great Mexican restaurant in Squim last night called Sergio's. 
and um, really it was great. Uh, good prices, good food. For, you know, these days everything's expensive. We got to get over that. But for the price, it was pretty good, you know. We shared some stuff. I had pretty cheap fare because I don't have much money right now. But that's my fault. Um, if you have the resources, treat yourself a little. Go do something enjoyable. Remember, don't be afraid to live. Don't be afraid to die. Everyone's going to die. Like I said, if you, if you reach the age of 12 and nobody explained that to you, let me explain it to you. One day you will die, one day everybody you know and love will die. But that doesn't mean you should be afraid to live. So live. Find joy. Ask a girl out or a boy out on a date. Do something that you've been afraid to do or you're putting off to include maybe talking to people, friends and family you haven't spoken to in a while. It's not always easy. But if you keep thinking at some point in the magical future, you're going to get to do it, well, guess what? That's never been true, ever. Good times, bad times, the Grim Reaper comes for us all, and it's very rarely convenient. It's not a Twilight Zone episode. But if you've done all these things and you want to donate to this podcast, yeah, I'm in the park. And guess what? The park's not free. So if you want to donate to the dude in the tent, you can. I'll take your money. I hope you donate it in good faith. Let me explain what that means. If you don't like my show but you simply feel sorry for me, that's not a good reason to donate. I actually don't really want your fucking money. I'm going to repeat that. If the reason why you donate money is because you see me as some kind of special fucking project because you've got an idea in your head that you get to control other people, you can keep your fucking money. I don't need it. But if you like the show and you have the money and you listen to the disclaimer, yeah, donate as much or as little as you want. And if you're a Texas billionaire making trillions on cocaine and oil... Well, you can donate all the gold and all the silver and all the diamonds and that, you know, Ukrainian or Georgian wife, the really cute one, the brunette. You can donate all of it if you want to. Because it is Saturday. It is September the 16th, 2023. And as crazy as crap is and as crazy as crap's going to be, it's not the end of the world.